the card. There's a place to put prayer requests. Anyone can write a request down. When the offering plate passes here in just a bit, drop the blue cards in there, and they will get to the staff. Before we go any farther in the service, we just want to take a minute and let you know a few things that are going on in the life of the church so that you can know how to get involved. In light of recent events in our area, we have decided to cancel the carnival. Instead of the carnival, we would encourage all members who are able to continue volunteering in the disaster relief efforts that Putnam County has set up. We think during this time, it is crucial that we as a church go be the church to the community. When we decide what time to do another community outreach, we will make sure and let you know so we can do a great outreach to our community. Our manual Man Up conference is coming up. This is a great weekend of hanging out and learning what biblical manhood is. There will be great food, practical teaching, and encouraging fellowship. The cost for the conference is $25, which will include dinner on Friday and a t-shirt. You can sign up by calling the church office or through the website. Originally, our prayer gift go for this month was Journey Community Church. Due to the needs of Putnam County right now, we have decided to call an audible and focus on our city this month. We'll refocus on Journey and other North American Mission Board plans next month. Make sure and check your chronicles for ways you can pray, give, and go to Putnam County this month. That's all the announcements I have for you today. Here at FBC, our vision is that every person would desire God, be disciple, and devote themselves to serve. One way we are doing that this year is by doing a chronological reading plan as a church. Whether you've been on the plane with us from the beginning, or if you're just not hearing about it, I'd encourage you to pick up where we are and commit to studying the Bible with us. If you'd like that plan, you can pick them up at the Welcome Center in the lobby outside of the sanctuary. I pray that this service would play a part in that vision and help you live for Christ in your day-to-day life. Thanks. I'm envious of Luke's voice. I mean, that, that, that's a good voice right there. I, I, I'm impressed with that. Good morning, church. Good morning. It's so good to see you this morning as we gather together to worship. It's uh, a great day to be with the Lord. And we want to worship Him with all of our hearts and with all of our being as we come together for worship. We thank you for being here. And uh, if you're a guest with us, would you please fill out that blue card in front of you in the pew rack so that later on uh, as we leave, you'll be able to uh, give that to one of our deacons or bring it to us as a staff out at the Welcome Center. We would love to have a a record of your visit. Uh, We're not going to have a greeting time today, so... Everybody just do a, a, a tribute to Bedelia Russell, a virtual high five. Okay. We greeted one another. It is uh, a day that uh, this has been quite a couple of weeks. And as uh, we come together this morning, uh, today, Our president has called for national 
day of prayer, which uh, is a wonderful thing for us to do as a nation, to pray. Uh, and also, the president of our Southern Baptist Convention and the executive board, they've asked us to pray as churches, pray as individuals. And um, we want to, right now, commit to a, a time of prayer. Uh, there are four things that they've asked us to pray about in our church. Uh, one, we need to ask God in His mercy to stop this pandemic and save lives, not only in our communities, but around the world, particularly in places that are ill-equipped to deal with the virus. Secondly, we need to pray for our president, pray for our Congress, pray for leaders, and in light of uh, the situation here in Putnam County, pray for our local leaders as well. Uh, we need to pray that they will have uh, wisdom to direct us in uh, the course of action for prevention and, and care uh, related to this virus. And also, again, here in Putnam County, related to the victims of the tornadoes last week. Uh, scripture says, teach us to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. That's the third thing they've asked us to pray for. Pray that the Lord will give us wisdom in this moment of fear as the foundation of what we know are shaken. That others would realize how fragile life is and how real eternity is. And they would see their need to turn to God. Fourthly, we want to pray for our missionaries. We want to pray for them, pray for their families as... Uh, they are out on the field dealing with this crisis and dealing with unreached people. And we want to pray that they'll be able to advance the good news to the whole world. Join me as we pray together. God, our Father, we just thank you right now for your love and goodness and grace and your mercy. Lord, we've experienced that over the uh, over the years, but particularly over the last few weeks, Lord, as we deal with uh, tornadoes, as we deal with viruses, Lord, I just pray that you would uh, help us to lean on you and to rely on you, knowing, God, that you're faithful. Lord, we do pray for uh, doctors and others, Lord, to be able to use the skills and the abilities you've given them to help head off this virus and help, uh, we pray you just uh, miraculously take it away, Lord. It be your will. We know that you're able. And we know that uh, we that you want the best for us. So, Lord, just uh, pray for that. We pray for our leaders, Lord. Uh, God, help them to have wisdom and discernment. and Help them, Lord, to work together, not uh, looking to benefit themselves but, Lord, to benefit the people of this country. And I pray, God, that you would bless them. Thank you for their leadership. Thank you for the leadership in this county and this city. And I pray, God, your direction and wisdom and discernment for them. God, we do pray that you would help us to number our days, that we might develop wisdom in our hearts, and that we would 
realize, Lord, that life is fragile. And, Lord, we know that those who do not know you as Lord and Savior, that eternity uh, will be real to them when they, when they die. But, God, I pray that they would accept Jesus Christ before they uh, go into eternity. Lord, for our missionaries and their families, I pray, Lord, you'd bless them and protect them, Lord. Uh, pray that they would be safe from this virus and from other uh, things that are going on around them, Lord, for those who are hostile to your gospel. And I pray, God, that you would bless them and protect them, and, uh, Lord, particularly that you would use them to share your word. God, we just thank you for the opportunity we have to pray. Thank you, God, for uh, this time that we can come to you. And I pray, Lord, that you would bless all that we do in your name, that we would share the gospel throughout the world, and we would live our lives showing Jesus Christ to those around us. We thank you, and we love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Mike. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. You know, we have a God that cares about us, uh, that wants us to trust him, that wants us to bring our cares to him. Um, and, and it doesn't mean everything's going to be fine and you're not going to go through stuff, but uh, he wants to go, walk that with you and carry you through it. So this morning, um, we're going to sing about trusting God. So would you stand as we begin with Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. Thank you. 
trust him? Amen. There's a lot to trust him about right now with the coronavirus going around and uh, so many unknown things about tornado stuff. And um, Yeah, sometimes it's a hard thing to do. But um, Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of, him, of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. We have that promise that God is going to be with us. Um, the past couple of Sundays, we've been... Or, couple of, there's a week in, in between there. For Opacore, we've sung a song called Yet Not I, But Through Christ in Me. We're going to move that out into you guys. So this morning, we want you to sing it with us. We're going to do it again. Um, and just sing and worship the Lord with this new song that um, just talks about trusting God. I mean, um, you got the verse 3 that says, No fate I dread, I know I am forgiven. The future sure, the price it has been paid. We can trust God with our faith. We can trust Him with our future. Uh, because he's taking care of it all. Let's sing this. What gift of grace is Jesus Christ?
thank you so much that we can stand in your power, in your love. Lord, we can hope in you. Uh, and God, we know that you are our rock and our foundation, no matter what trials we face. Um, Lord, we know that, that the beginning of all that is to know you. Uh, and Lord, in knowing you, it is, uh, it is to fear you, it is to be in awe of you. Uh, Lord, as your word says, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and fools despise wisdom and destruction. Uh, Lord, we want to claim that, that, that we want to uh, be in awe of you, to fear you, Lord, to have that to be our starting point uh, of our wisdom to you. So, Lord, this morning as we continue on with the choir singing, Lord, may that message be evident and clear uh, that we are to place our trust in you. Lord, we're not to fear anything else in this world, but the fear is placed in you, uh, Lord, in, a, in, a, in just knowing you. So, God, be with us as we continue in worship, and, Lord, uh, may our worship be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated.
Thank you, choir. That was that was the sermon in a song right there. So I'll tell you, I, I love that song. I, I love the fact that uh, God chose for it to be this Sunday. I, I know if you're listening by TV, you probably don't capture all the the, the vibrance of that song that we just got as a congregation here. We welcome you joining us by different venues today, be it by Internet or television or, or whether you, you braved the coronavirus and came together today. So we're glad we're here today to worship the Lord and, and to gather in his, his sight and to sing songs of praise to Him. Uh, I'd invite you to turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 6. And the song we just sang, or the choir just sang, just really uh, magnifies this text. And, and I love how God puts those things together, Greg, how, uh, you know, about a month ago you chose songs for today, not knowing our occurrences or where we'd be in life. But God knew, and He's an all-knowing God. He's a, when we pray and we ask God to lead us, He puts us in the exact spot we need to be in, be it by, by singing or a song that we're going to sing together, by the, by the message that we're going to preach uh, God is an amazing God, and He brings it together for us. I love that. I love the fact that we get to worship Him today. Amen? Hey, let me ask you to, to stand with me, and, and we're going to read Deuteronomy chapter 6 together today. I want to kind of frame it for you. Moses is standing on the edge of the promised land, and he's going to speak some final words to the people that he's been able to lead. He's been frustrated with this crowd. He, he's been down and out before, but he has a God who has called him to lead these people, and he's going to speak some words to them that are so important for them to grasp. I'm going to tell you those words that he spoke to them on that day are, were just important that day, but they're very important for us today as we go into life together. So let's see what God said in Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. The Word of God says, Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you, that you might do them in the land where you are going over to possess it, so that you and your son and your grandson might fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I commanded you all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. O Israel, you should listen and be careful to do it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as, a, as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Then it shall come about when the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you great and splendid cities which you did not build and houses full of all good things which you did not fill and hewn cisterns which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant, and you eat and are satisfied. Then watch yourself, 
that you do not forget the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. You shall fear only the Lord your God, and you shall worship him and swear by his name. You shall not follow other gods, any of the gods of the peoples who surround you. For the Lord your God in the midst of you is a jealous God. Otherwise, the anger of the Lord your God will be kindled against you, and he will wipe you off the face of the earth. Father, we love you, Lord. We're grateful to be loved by you. We're grateful, God, that we can assemble before you this morning and uh, sing songs to you and, and just be involved in, in worship together in different venues. This morning, Father, you've joined our hearts together in worship, and I thank you, Lord, for your word. Knowing, God, you've appointed this time for us uh, as a time of worship, a time of praise, a time of learning from your word. God, I pray the anointing that comes from you would anoint me as the messenger to preach the truths of your word to our hearts. God, that we would hear these truths, that we would be changed by these truths. We would focus our life more intently upon you and your will for our life, Lord, that our lives would be directed today as we are in your presence. We thank you, Lord, for loving us, and we pray this in your powerful name, the name of Jesus, the name which is above every name. And all God's people said, Amen. I want to share with you from this text. I just, I just bit off a whole lot to chew, and glad to have Melton with us today. We could just about tag team on this text. This is one of our, our favorite texts. We've talked about this text many times before. I, I told him as he was walking in this morning, I said, Bro, if you want to preach this morning, I bet you've got this one in your back pocket. He said, I sure do. <laughs> we, this is a text that, that I've spent a lot of time in in my life and studied this text, and, and I'm excited to share this text with you. I just want to tell you, though, there's a whole lot in this text. There's a, a lot that we could talk about this morning, a, a lot of preaching points, and I, I want to back up and, and I want to grab this understanding of where Moses is today with the people. He's got the people of God standing with him. They're fixing to go into the promised land of God, the, the land that God had promised them. And, and there is so much that he has to say. And he's got just a second to capture their attention and deliver this truth to them. And he's speaking something to them that he knows, because God's told him, will make all the difference in their life. And it's important that they focus in on this word and hear him and, and understand what he's trying to say. And Because God's got a very clear, laid out before them purpose for their life. God's got a very clear purpose for your life. He's laid it out before us. He, he wants us to want Him. He wants us to live by Him and by His will. So we, we recognize that Moses, having led the people, the Israelite nation, to this point, he's got a background with God and he's got a background with these people. If we were to turn in our, our Bibles to Exodus chapter 19, I'm going to throw them on the, on the screen for you if you want to see them there. But if you'd like to, to look at Exodus chapter 19 with me, um, there, there's, there it is. Okay, Exodus chapter 19 gives us an understanding, uh, backing up to the earlier days when Moses was leading the Israelite people. We see there in verse 3 where God comes to Moses. Moses comes to God says, in verse 3, Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the sons of Israel, 
you yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians. So we we got to recognize here God saying to them, you have seen this. You've visibly seen me work in your midst. You've seen what I've done to the Egyptians. So Moses is understanding. He's saying to God, saying to Moses, say to this, you, you've seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. God is saying this to the people of Israel. He's saying this through Moses. He's telling Moses, you say these words. You communicate these words to the people whom I have chosen. I have cho- They will be to me. This is, this is endearing. God's saying, you're going to be mine. These people are going to be mine. They're going to be a people for my own possession. They're going to be a royal priesthood, a, a kingdom of priests. These, these people are going to be something. Let's think about a priest and the, the value of a priest. What is the, the position of a priest? Well, we know that the priest, and we read through Leviticus, we understand the priest sacrificed a lot of sacrifices for the sin of the people. But the priest is, the, the primary position of the priest was to bring people to God, to, to make God aware and make others aware of God, to bring a God awareness within the society. These people would be going into a land that was godless as far as the creator God. They had many gods they would worship, but they were dead gods. They were idols of no value. And God was saying, you're going to be for me a kingdom of priests. You're going to be a people that are going to go into this world and you're going to shine the light, the bright light of who I am. You're going to show this. It's going to be very clear and evident. If you live for me, people are going to look to you and see me in you. And we're still to do that today. We are called to be living witnesses in this world. And Moses was to lead the people, to lead other people to recognize the value of a relationship with God. So that meant they would be different. There would be, there would be some boundaries in their life that others didn't have in their life. There has to be, in, in a loving relationship between God and His people, there have to be some boundaries established so that those people who were living for God would live differently than the people who weren't for God. So God then carries through. We see chapter 19 in Exodus, read through there, and we get to chapter 20. It's a very key chapter in the Old Testament. Chapter 20 of Exodus gives us the Ten Commandments of God. These commandments, these, these boundaries that God puts in place, not because He doesn't love His people and He wants to take their joy. No, God is the giver of joy, not the taker of joy. God's not one who, who harnesses people and keeps them from having a good life. God's the one that gives life. So we understand that. And God wants us to have life and life to the full. John 10.10 10 tells us that. So we understand that God says there needs to be some boundaries, some clearly defined limits in your life that you don't cross. You need to understand how to deal with me. So he gives four commands on how to rightly deal with God. And then he says, you need to rightly deal with others. So he gives six commands of how we rightly deal with others. So Moses communicates from God the perfect will of God to the people of God to say, here's how I want you to live. 
These are some boundaries that you need in your life. And, and, and we know what happens to people when they're left to their own demise. Given the freedom just to do whatever you want to without limits, what happens? Well, let's just look at what happened to the people of Israel. When Moses went up on the mountain to meet with God and to receive these commandments of God, he was gone for what seemed like an eternity to them. They thought something had happened that dude, he wasn't coming back. So they said, we've got to make something to worship. And, and Aaron just threw some gold in the fire and out popped this calf. No, he fashioned a, an idol for them to worship. I mean, in his, in his recounting of the story, it just came out. But he, they, they made something that they could focus their attention on to worship. Because, see, every person has a hole in their life. There's a void within us that is longing for worship, that needs to worship. We're going to worship something. We're going to worship God, the true living God with all of our life, or we'll worship something of this world. So here we see, left to our own demise, without an understanding of who God is and some boundaries and some limits in our life, we will very easily gravitate to something that is not productive for us. And we saw that in their life. So Moses is standing, as he's standing with the people, back to Deuteronomy chapter 6, he's, he's standing with the people and he's saying, you know, God has given me this. Remember, and just to set the tone here in chapter 6, he said, I want you to remember the statutes, the commandments that, that God has given you, and these are instrumental in your life. Because, see, chapter 5 of Deuteronomy, when you read with us this week, you understand chapter 5 was a retelling of those Ten Commandments. So in chapter 5, Deuteronomy had just said, these are the commandments which God has given us to live by. These are the boundaries. These are the limits that we're to understand, and we're to have these in our life. In fact, they should be more than just in your life. They should be in your life in such a way that when you walk by the day and walk by the night and live life out, that they come out of your life, that others can see this in your life. So Moses is trying to teach the people that. And uh, we catch this really clearly when we look at the psalmist. I just want to turn to two psalms this, this morning with you. In Psalm 119, we see captured for us verse 10 and verse 11. Just The psalmist, he's there. He says in verse 10 of Psalm 119, he says there, With all my heart I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. The psalmist knew the value of what Moses was talking about to the people of Israel. He was saying, y'all need to put these things in your heart. You need to invest in these commands and understand these commands because you're stepping away from me. You're being led into a new land where you're going to have a whole lot of good stuff. And you don't need to forget God. You need to treasure these commands in your heart. These need to be a part of your life. And the psalmist got it. He said that in, in Psalm 1, verse, uh, chapter 1 in Psalm, verse 1, says, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the, what? the law of the Lord. That's what he delights in. And in his law, he meditates day and night. So it's something that he has in his mind and he's wrestling. And when you send your mind, it becomes part of your heart, part of your life. And he's working through it. And that brings a result. He will be like a tree 
firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. So, and its leaf doesn't wither. And whatever he does, it prospers. And that's what the Scripture tells us. There, the psalmist grasped that understanding very clearly that when we live our life focused on the Word of God and the Word of God comes into our life and, and we ta- it takes root in us and it becomes a part of us and every aspect of our life is lived out by the law of the Lord. And we, we, uh, we see the need for boundaries in our day. We see the need... For the law in our life. I mean, when you read the Ten Commandments, what what of the Ten Commandments doesn't apply? We're not to have another God before Him. We're not to use the Lord's name in vain. We're not to, to covet. We're not to kill. We're not to, you know, we start looking through these commands and they're a value of great value for us. We live in a culture that wants no boundaries, that wants no laws. We want to, want to do what we want to do, live like we want to live, be our own boss. And God says, I I can let you do that, and that would not be loving. That would not be me in a relationship with you. That would be you doing your own thing, and there's no value there. So we see that Moses, in his great love for the people, portraying, being the man, the the conduit, if you will, that the, the Word of God is flowing through into the lives of the people of God, that God's chosen, he, he has a, a perfect plan, a perfect will, but it, it encompasses them knowing the Word of God and treasuring it in their heart. He knows that He has been there for them. God's been there for them. They know that God's been there for them. They, if they reflect over the lifetime of, of walking with God through the last 40 years, they know that they've had food, water, and clothing. I mean, their clothes have not worn out. Their food has not run out. They've been provided for by God. God has always been there. He has been their protector, and He has been their provider. And God desires very clearly to continue this process of being their protector and their provider. So we see that Moses kind of outlines that in the first three verses of chapter 6. He says, listen, you heard what I said in, in the previous words. The previous statements I made, I recounted for you the commandments of God. And I've told you that, that you need to keep this in your understanding. The commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord to God, our God has uh, commanded me to teach you, that you might do them in the land where you go over to possess it. It's kind of like what James said. Let's don't be just hearers of the Word. Let's be doers of the Word. Let's take the Word of God... And let's put it to practice in our life. It's not just a mental ascent, an understanding, a knowledge of God's Word. It is, it is life transforming when we take the Word of God and we apply it to our lives. And that's what we need to do. That's what Moses is in, encouraging the people to do. So pick up on a word here, possess it. Possess it. You're going to possess it. So in order to possess it rightly, you need to understand the Word. So that you and your son... And your grandson, so this is generational, might fear the Lord your God and to keep all his statutes and his commands, which I commanded you all the days of your life, that your days may be prolonged. So we've got, we've got an opportunity, he's telling them, to go in and possess something. And in that possession, our life will be prolonged if we follow the will of the Lord, the, the word of God. And, and he's telling them there, he says that there should be fear. Now, I'm not talking about the kind of fear 
that we experienced just a few days ago when a tornado ripped through our community and, and all of us, well, most of us, were awakened by an alarm. That, that was a very fearful time. And, and even the, the panic and, and the, the fear that happened after looking at the aftermath of that, that, we feared another one. I mean, how many of you, when you heard strong storms were coming back through this place uh, a couple of days ago, didn't, just for a moment, get a little fearful? I mean, you know, so I'm not talking about that kind of fear. I'm not talking about the kind of fear that we're experiencing from, from a virus that can, can really rock our world. I, I'm not talking about that kind of fear. I'm talking about a reverential awe, a, a look unto a holy God who has called us according to His purpose. He, he has willed it to us for us to live with Him. He has, he has chosen us and He's ordained an opportunity for us to live with Him because He he went to the cross of Calvary and died and covered our sin. He paid the price for our sin. And, and He has set forth a precedence of how we should live. That, that's, that kind of reverential awe that we look at Him and say, a God that would die for me is a God worth living for. That we would look upon Him and say, you know, that, that is the God I want to please. I, I don't want to live my life in a way that would be displeasing to the King of eternity. But I want to understand His Word. I want to understand His will for my life. And I want to walk in the way that God wants me to walk. And that's the God we're talking about here. That's the life we're talking about living. That's the fear that we're to have for this holy and righteous God. And, and then we see in verse 3, he says that, uh, there, O Israel, you should listen and be careful to do it. So again, he's repeating, apply this to your life that it may be well with you and that you may multiply greatly just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. So he's saying, you know, there's a place you're going to possess. And it's on the other side of this border. It's the promised land. God promised it to you. He has promised you a land. He promised it to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It has been promised. He's delivering on his promise because God is good for his promise. So he's promised it to you. And you're to go in and possess it. Take, take possession of it. And it, your life is to be prolonged when you live by the will of the Lord. In other words, let's not go in there and get annihilated by the, the inhabitants of the land by falling to uh, their practices and their principles. Let's hold the principles of God in our life and let's go into a land and possess it. Can I tell you the call is the same today, church? There's a land. We're going to walk out of this church, those of you that are here. Those of you who are at your homes, you're going to leave your homes eventually. And you're going to walk into the streets, the highways and the byways of this world. And we are called to possess this land for the glory of God. We're called to be a kingdom of priests. A people for God's own possession that will take the knowledge of who God is, not just in a mental ascent, but in a life application and go live for Jesus in such a way that other people will see our life and how we live our life, and it will affect them. Are y'all with me? i just wondering if I got to talking too fast. That's what God's called us to. He's called us to this. So how is this going to happen? God, I mean, we, we, I know the Ten Commandments. You know the Ten Commandments. Knowing the will of God. And living the will of God is different. Let's pause there for a second. Knowing the will of God and living the will of God is different. Are you living the will of God? 
Are you living in a way that it's making a difference in your society? In your circle? Are you touching people? Are you impacting people for the glory of God? How does that happen so that we are positioned personally to go out and make a difference? I want to read continuing in that text because this is where Moses gets into it. He says in verse 4, he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. So there's, there's this personal identification. The Lord, the God, the creator of all things, He is our God. We, we're not some, some, distant, some distant God that has nothing to do with us. This is a very personal God. He's our God. Some of you got a team, don't you? Like Tennessee or, or Go Dogs or Go Vols or, you know, you've got a favorite sports team or you've got, you've got something that you're closely akin to. I'm not talking about something in that way. I'm talking about our God is our God. He is, he is in relationship with Him. Us, we, we are relational to Him. He's relational to us. He is our God. And, and when we understand this, He is one. He, he's not, you're going to go into this land. You're going to possess a land that God has promised you. And, and you've got to position yourself with this understanding. There are going to be multiple false gods in this land that are going to come after your attention and want, want to bid for your attention. And... Moses is saying, God is saying through Moses to these people right now, the Lord, your God, is one. There's only one God. This is, this is not up for debate for us to, well, maybe we can have this one or that. Maybe all roads do lead to heaven. No, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And he tells the people, if you've seen the Father, you've, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I am, I am, he says, the great I am. So we, we see this in, in truth as we read through the text. But we know here that he says in verse 5, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. These words which I command you today shall be on your heart. So there has to be devotion to God. If we're going to be able to take the first three verses and, and we're going to go and possess it and, and we're going to... We're actually going to prolong our life and, and by living by the promise that God's called us to. One, we've got to have... God clearly as a devotion of our life. He's got to be what our heart throb is. Our heart's got to go for Him. We've got to love Him with all our heart, all our soul. He's, it's got to be what's on our heart. And, and Moses knows it. He says, if you get over there in that land of plenty, and, and you, you go to riding high and thinking you've done this all yourself, and you forget about God, uh, your love for God is going to diminish. And you're going to find yourself in a mess. How many times do you call on God when everything's perfect? In comparison, how many times do you call on God when everything's broken? See, God knew the land they were going into was a land of plenty. Things were going to be really good. And we as humans have a tendency to call on God when things are bad, when the wheels have fallen off the bus, when we can't control what's going on in our life. But as long as we've got control of things... We tend to just kind of skate by the opportunity to spend a lot of time with God. Oh, yeah, maybe we tip our hat to God. Maybe we do pray. Maybe we do read. But are we truly as devoted and seeking when everything's going well? He knew that things were going to be going well for those folks. So he said, you've got to have a devotion to God. And, and the way you have a devotion to God is have a devotion to God's Word. It says in verse 6, these words. The, what words? The Word of God which I'm commanding you today, shall be on your heart. It's, just that, it's that Psalm 119, verse 10 and 11. That, that I've etched it in my heart. I've hidden your word. I've treasured your heart 
your word in my heart, O God. And he says here in verse 7, that not only do we have to have the devotion of God, we've got the devotion to his word. It says in verse 7, you shall. Okay, so he, he's saying, I've been with you and I've taught you God's word. But now you, you shall teach them diligently to your sons and talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. I, I want us to grasp something from that text. There's two things I want us to get. First of all, that is a fully encompassing life. That is that my life, whether I'm walking or whether I'm sitting, whether I'm, it's the end of the day or the beginning of the day, it is moved and motivated by the Word of God. In other words, I've not just got a mental ascent of who God is. I've got a life that's portraying God. I've got a life that's being transformed because of the work of God in my own life. And that's the way all of us should be motivated and moving because God's changed us. God's transformed us. His Word's making a difference in our life. But I want you to see there's a, there's a Hebrew word here. I, I was in a library one time, and uh, I, I had one of my aha moments. Y'all have had them, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all got to tell me if y'all are awake. This means yes, this means no. Okay. Stay with me here. I was in a library one day. I don't have, I'm an old country boy here, I don't have many aha moments in the library because I didn't spend much time there. So I, I was in the library one day and I had an aha moment. I was, I was studying some Hebrew and I was looking at these Hebrew words in this text. I was going through each one of them, working through these Hebrew words, and I came across a word in the Hebrew in verse 1 that says, God has commanded me to teach you. And, and that word means exactly what I thought that word meant. It means to teach. It means to uh, kind of like lecture form to give you an understanding, to, to bring this to your knowledge, to teach you these, these commandments. And I'm, he's saying, God's saying to, to me, boys and girls, to teach you. So that's what Moses is saying. I'm to teach you these words. But then there's a shift here when we get to verse 7. You shall teach them diligently. That, that's a Hebrew word that is different than the Hebrew word in verse 1 where it says teach. This Hebrew word in verse 7, it, it takes on a whole new level of teaching. In fact, what it, 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 I like to shoot a bow and arrow. And, and maybe there's other people in the room that know how to shoot a bow and arrow. Well, this, this word kind of grasps that understanding that an archer, as he draws back his bow, and he has an arrow on it, and he takes very careful aim before he releases. When he releases, that arrow penetrates his target. And this word teach, the Hebrew word there grasps that as an archer slings his arrow to intersect the target and it penetrates that target, it should penetrate the heart of your children. He said, I want you as the archer would pierce the heart of its game, that you would pierce the heart of your kids with the Word of God. It's not just a mental ascent. It's not just mental teaching. It is a, a penetrating that you, you live it so, you walk it so, that others, it ingrains in them, they get it in their heart. That your kids, this, this penetrates their heart. So we, we see the, the value of teaching the Word in such a way, not just, not just teaching it one day a week, but teaching it daily in our homes. And that's what he gets to. He says not just devotion to God, not just devotion to God's Word. It's devotion that begins in the home. Uh, we farm out teaching of the Bible to Sunday morning for about 30 or 45 minutes in worship service, 30 or 45 minutes in small groups. And if we're super spiritual in our culture today, we come back on Sunday night. And, and then if we're really fanatic about Jesus, we come on Wednesday night for another 30 minutes. 
And we think that that two-plus-hour teaching is going to compensate us and really help us navigate life. Can, can, I, can I just give you a news flash here? That's not going to cut it. That's really What happens is when we take the Word of God at home, and Mama, and Daddy, Grandma, Grandpa, boy or girl, you take the Word of God and you try to digest it and understand it. You spend time in it and you study the Word of God and it starts to penetrate your heart. And then you begin to teach it to others. Moms and dads ought to be teaching their children. It shouldn't be that we have this, uh, this great understanding of God's Word on Sunday alone. We ought to have it on Monday and Tuesday. And Wednesday, we want to have a love for it on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday so that we teach it in our home. That when we rise up and that when we lay down, from daylight to dark, it's part of our life because it's our love. It's on our heart and it's penetrated our heart and it's overflow because the Word of God says out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if the Word of God is in our heart, it's going to come out of our life. It's going to be seen. So Moses is telling the people and God's telling me and you, that we're to take this Word, the Word of God, to etch it into our lives. And we're to wear it just like we would clothes so that the whole world can see it. It should be on our homes. I mean, our homes ought to be marked by the Word of God. And I'm not talking about just in a catchy phrase or just for looks. I'm talking it ought to be that our lifestyle at home, that our lifestyle in the world ought to so present the gospel to other people. And I think that's the measure of whether we're accomplishing what God has called us to or not. God, God's motives are pure. He, he desires a relationship with us, and He wants to be involved in, in a walk with us, but he, under, he understands what's best for us, so He put boundaries in our life, and He asks us to learn those, practice those, and live those. If we continue to read in the text, we see there, verse 12 through 15, that... Uh, there's, there's a right motive that they're to live. When they go into the land, it says, watch yourself. Watch yourself when you walk in. There was a risk in crossing that line because it'd be all new to them. When we walk out of the doors, it's easy to be a Christian in this environment right here. Can we agree to that? I mean, I can share Jesus with you every day right here. You can probably share Jesus with me very comfortably in this environment. But when we get in our workplace, when we go to our play place, how well are we portraying the gospel there? He says that when watch yourself, you don't forget the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. You shall fear only the Lord your God. You shall worship him and swear by his name. So there should be this heart, this desire of worship, that we should worship God, that we should, we should care about what God cares about when we leave this environment. God cares about people. God cares about lost people. God loves all people. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall have eternal life. He loves people. And, and who is the messenger of God's love? His people. To the people who don't know him, we're to be the messengers to them. So we should carry forth the gospel. We should be concerned about what God's concerned about. We should, we should try to to lead others to Christ. And, and we do that by living for the Lord. If I had to sum this whole text up and put it in my life and your life and apply it, I believe it, it, it very clearly 
that Moses is saying to the people, remember where you came from. Remember where you came from. You came from Egypt. You were in bondage. I, I know you get confused at times, Moses is saying to them. There's been times that you've been like, well, we had food there. We had water there. But think back over the 40 years. Remember where you came from. You came from bondage. Don't forget that you were the brick maker there. Don't forget that you had to go get your straw. Don't forget that you were crying out to God and it was killing you. Don't forget that you were wrapped up in that bondage and God released you from that. Don't forget that. Remember that. Remember from where you came. I have to remember where I came from. You know, I got saved at 31. I still remember getting saved. I hadn't gotten over getting saved. Amen? I hope you haven't gotten over getting saved. I hope you know Jesus and, and that you haven't forgotten that, that you're, you're still remembering that. Does that mean you're perfect? Absolutely not. But you remember where you came from and you don't want to go back there. I don't want to return to the bondage which I once lived. There are people in this room that know what I'm talking about when I say bondage because they've experienced bondage. And they understand what addiction is like. They understand what it's, what it's like to be in bondage to things. Everyone knows that whether you've recognized it or not. Because we've all been in bondage to something. We've all allowed our lives to be addicted to something. I hope our addiction is now Jesus. So we understand that we have to remember where we came from. We have to remember how we got here. God provided their way. Nothing that they needed did they not have. God provided for them. And God's provided for us. All along the way, He's provided for us. And He'll continue to provide for us. And remember why you are here. We're God's chosen people. They were God's chosen people, a royal priesthood. We're a royal priesthood. We're here for worship, and we should worship Him with our lives. And remember what we're supposed to do. Possess the land and live for God. So to sum it up, we have to remember where we came from. Remember how we got here. Remember who we are and why we're here. And remember what we're supposed to do. We've got a purpose, folks. We've got a plan, and God's given it to us. We need to teach the Word of God and teach it in a way that it penetrates the hearts of people. That's why we're studying the Word of God together this year. That's why we're taking this time, why this time is so valuable for us to meet together when we can and listen to the Word of God and study the Word of God and grow deeper in the Word of God. You know, you're here today, and maybe you can't remember from where you came because you haven't moved from where you are. You've never given your life to Jesus. You don't remember the bondage you once were in because you're still in bondage. And you come to the realization today, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to get saved so I can start building some memories of God working in my life. So I tell you, today is the day of salvation. You can get saved today. You can come to Jesus today and start building the memories of God providing for you, God using you, God, why you're here. You'll understand those things, not only where you came from, but why you're here and, and what lies ahead. You can start to see those things as you learn based on God's Word and how it applies to your life. So I'll ask you at home and here in this sanctuary right now, it's very simple. If you are in bondage and you're lost and you don't have that relationship with Jesus, it is so simple for you to say, God, I need you. And I, I trust that you are the only way to heaven. I give my life to you. I surrender to you my life. I want what you will for me. I want to be, I want to be your child. Lord, take my life. Forgive me of my sin. Save me, Jesus. Save me. And I want to live for you. Help me live for you. That prayer is so simple.
And it doesn't have to be those words. It can be any number of words that you know. You know where you are. You know what you need to say to God. As long as you recognize He is the only way. And He died for you. He lives for you today so you can have a relationship with Him. I'm going to have a time of invitation for us, if you will. Stand with me here in the sanctuary. And we're going to, we're going to have a moment of... Uh, where you can come and respond to the gospel. You can do that at home. You can do that right here. But we're going to be down front for you this morning. Altars are open. You can come pray. Uh, you can come join the church if God's leading you to find a place of worship right here and you want to join this church. This is what God's calling you to. We'll have that time for you as well this morning. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word. Lord, let it change our lives right now. Move in our lives, we pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You move as God leads.
church. Amen. Well, it's been a good day to be in the house of the Lord today. I would like to uh, welcome Mr. Chris and Miss Chrissy Ward to our church. We'll stand up so they can see you. These, these are joining our church today. Mr. Chris has served for 40, how many years? 47 years as a minister of the gospel. And uh, he has most recently been an associational missionary. And they moved their membership from First Livingston to here and, and join us as... They, I asked them if they were baptized believers in Jesus. And they said they were. <laughs> so I was hoping after 47 years I'd never assume anything. But they are, they are desiring to be a part of the ministry here. And I'm excited for that. And uh, we, we're going to take up our offering as we leave today. We didn't shake hands this morning for very obvious reasons. And, and we're down to, I'm, I'm like 10 foot elbows right now, okay? See, for some of you, this is a new thing. But for a mild germaphobe, this is nothing new. I've got my own hand sanitizer over there. I've got a bottle. They, the, some folks know me. I've got a bottle that's been cleaned with hand sanitizer and put in a Ziploc bag. Now, that's about as, that's about as coronavirus-free as you can get. But uh, I'm kind of used to this, and, you know, this is a very serious situation. We, we don't make light of what this could be, and we need to protect ourselves. And I'm grateful that you chose to worship today. I know there are people with chronic conditions that couldn't be here, and there are people who are at high risk, and, and they rightly need to keep distance at this time. And, and church, I want us to understand, for some of us that are younger, and we've got a lot of college students that will be off for a couple of weeks, and we've got some high schoolers that, that are capable of driving, and we've got people who can minister to your needs. If you need to quarantine yourself for a few days or, week, or weeks, then we will bring you what you need. We'll go to the grocery store for you because I'm telling you, Walmart is buzzing with germs. <laughs> You worried about church. You need to worry about Walmart and those buggies. I'm just being honest. That, they grow stuff. <laughs> For a germaphobe like me, I mean, I'm always wiping them out. I didn't just start this week, okay? But I recognize that this could be very significant with coronavirus. We're going to continue to meet as a church unless otherwise made notice to you. I, I would ask you to join us on the Watchman Prayer Ministry. Mike will take your your email address, and he'll put you on Watchman. You can go online and register for Watchman. You can see our online at, at firstfbccookwell.org. You can go there and, and see us online. You can also um, you, you can look at our Facebook, uh, First Baptist Facebook. We'll notify you through those channels if we choose to not meet, like tonight or Wednesday or next Sunday. We'd ask you to look at those portals. Also, we tell you that there's a, a great emphasis on our community, and we have a great video. We'll be uploading this afternoon on our website, and you will have a link through Watchman and through our Facebook post to a YouTube video of, of how we're serving in our community. And, and we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of you know, situations here that have been very close and near and dear to our hearts. So we want to update you how you can serve, how you can pray, and how you can give how you can go during this time. Um, I'm grateful to have Alex Melton back with us. He came and served our community because his trip to a foreign country got canceled, and he joined us. Uh, tonight, our, our plan right now, as, as we sit right now, our plan is to gather and tell you about our South Asia trip and uh, share with you the amazing story. So uh, come back tonight if you feel comfortable coming and, and you're not at high risk. We'd invite you to join us tonight. We will not air that on our broadcast tonight.
for reasons of just sensitivity and for protecting those that we serve alongside of. So we'll, we'll uh, not be airing tonight. Uh, we would ask you to, to join us, though, in some form. Uh, if you can be here, small groups will continue to meet unless otherwise notified. As I said, too, on the way out the doors tonight, uh, today, you can drop your offering at one of the deacons will be there to receive. We didn't pass plates because that's kind of germy, okay? So especially the person on the back row. I mean, you want to be on the front row right now. I'm just telling you, this is a, this is a great spot. The front row is like prime seating, okay? So, uh, but we're going to ask you just to drop your tithes and offerings there. And if you're viewing us by line, online, there's an online giving opportunity. It's a secure place to give through Secure Give online on our website. And if you decide to be quarantined, listen, the ministry of the gospel continues and you're key. You play a key role. So we would ask you to, if you miss, to continue to tithe and give as you normally do. And we'd ask you at this time to even increase your giving so we can do more giving to our community. So I'd ask you to pray about how you can give to your local church to make a difference for larger groups of people. I'm going to pray for us and we'll be dismissed. Mike, did I miss anything I needed to say? Okay, good deal. Father, we love you. Thank you for your love. God, I pray that you will use us as we leave this place today and as we uh, as we discontinue our time and worship, maybe online or by TV. God, to be a light, a beacon of light in the community. Father, that means we need to get very passionate about your word and it making a difference in our life and living that out, Father. Help us to learn your word so we can teach your word. Help us to know your will for our lives, the commands for your, your, how we can live, how we can establish some right boundaries in our life so that we don't cross those and we live as people sold out for you in love with you with all of our heart. We ask you, Lord, to be with this virus that is spreading through our world. We pray, God, that you would place a hedge of protection around us. God, we ask that that, that that virus would just be stopped, God, that it would it would not make a significant impact any longer. Uh, Lord, we pray your hand upon it. We ask you, Lord, to keep us healthy and let us serve you for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Have a great day. God bless you.